I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum, where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from last night's episode of The Kardashians. Of The Kardashians. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, MJ. And we just watched uh, season three, episode seven. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, we're like almost done. I know. Like what even happened all season? Just Kim and Courtney. I mean. Yeah, can we, there was a few, there's been a few key plot lines. Mm -hmm. It's like Chris's health. Mm -hmm. Which they did in past seasons too. They're really like bringing that in. Well, that's what makes me wonder of like, cause yes, I've noticed that in other seasons too. And I'm kind of like, do they have like five plot points they try to hit every time? Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to give you a little reminder about Chris's health because we have to like check in on the legacy of all of this. Mm-hmm. And we have to remind you guys that like she's fine and nothing's changing, but should anything ever change, mm-hmm. they've got it covered. Mm-hmm. And then there's always some like central familial conflict in, in this season. It's, Kim and Courtney, mm-hmm. and then they bank on Chloe having some kind of love trouble. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's babies in the mix, sometimes not, etc. So I think there's like always like four plot lines they try to hit, and they're all in flow this season. Yes, they are. Oh, you know what's interesting about so just to jump ahead because we're probably not going to do a deep dive on this. What Marie's referencing about chris and her health is that there's a little like subplot of chris getting her health checked out some product placement for some like massive scale cat scan like service um (laughs) get your whole like body checked like very very um elizabeth who's the turtleneck lady oh elizabeth holmes yeah like that there's like i've noticed that there's like a lot of startups now developing and like new medical services that are basically the same mission of like holistic highly invasive auditing of your body and so chris does one of those she does like a 55 minute cat scan um and it's and and the message that they're trying to send of like don't worry chris is healthy she's got the body of a 40 year old is very presidential like the same way mm. presidential administrations really make that strong face forward of like like biden is senile but like he's okay 
you know, or like right. Trump has COVID, but he's okay. Like, like it's very or succession again. Like for sure, expecting that there's complete health and infallibility in the administration. Right, which actually, like, I think whether people know it or not, serves a function for them, serves a similar function in the Kardashian universe. Like, that's done with like presidents and stuff because they part partially because they want you to be like dad's okay Mm -hmm. god's not gonna die Mm -hmm. like they it's like it would create like havoc if like there was like instability in that way and i think people aren't i don't think people are realizing like how destabilized they're gonna feel when something happens to her no totally that will whether you're a hater or not no it's gonna be weird when chris jenner dies and they know it and I think we have to accept that she's become situated successfully in a way as America's mom, because even people that hate the Kardashians will extend something to Kris Jenner. Like like Kanye, when he was doing his rants about the family and comparing them to Get Out, he would still say things. Oh, he called her Kris Jung-um, but like he, <laughs> but like he did later say like when he was mad at Kim for something he was like but I do respect respect Kris Jenner so like there's always these like nuances this room for nuance made for Kris Jenner in a way for sure so we'll get to that in uh our third deep dive on the list but why don't we jump into number one great transition MJ thank you I'm working (laughs) on my transition the one that's more naturally skilled at them Oh, thanks. But you're you're really catching up. <laughs> okay, so we have titled our first takeaway as as I'm scrolling down. Is money the motivator? Or kind of like is money the motivator? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis on the is. Yes. Because <laughs> in this Kim and Courtney conflict, they finally meet up for their sister summit. And first of all, the image it starts, the scene starts with Kim coming into a bedroom and Courtney's being literally waited on hand and foot. She's getting a manicure and a pedicure, people just like at, squatting at her feet and her hand. And that's how <laughs> yes. the conversation starts, which, what what's with the semiotics of that imagery? I feel like it is kind of trying to position Courtney as this like lazy aristocrat. And mm. even though Courtney goes on to make pretty solid points, I think, and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. the scene began and ended because it ends after their big processing moment on the bed together <laughs> courtney returns to like have her hand out to like the person serving her yeah actually it's interesting too because we're actually we're used to seeing them all in glam mm-hmm. propped up but it's usually like at some office or at some like place of work and it's a little bit more jarring to see those services like just in the home and like there's always even if it's at their house it's like always for a purpose but it's like yeah I guess I didn't even think about that well I, I mean I think we see them do glam it's not even the do, the glam being done to someone that I found jarring it was that there was a serious conversation about it to happen and it's weird to have people in the room and your hands extended and your feet's in their hand your you know foot is in their hand there's two people around Courtney. So it's also like double duty at once. Just we can assume that's happening to them, but something about workers present while the princesses get into their thing. Mm. It's uncomfortable to me. Like, yes. you know, and like, and it made Courtney look, it just sets up an image of Courtney into the conversation in a weird way. You know, I wonder if Courtney was like, 
tuned into that because it's also like those are scheduled conversations. So it could have not been during her Manny Petty. Right. Like, why was that part of it? It's just like if this was a movie, that would be a setup scene for a reason that the character comes, you know, like, right. Is seen the way her hands and feet were extended. I don't know. I'm like, oh my God. Shout out to um, Hannah Gatsby. Is that her name? The woman, the comedian who does Nanette, and now she has a new one called Douglas. And she has this hilarious whole bit about like how in the, about um, like old Renaissance paintings and how like, these are not photographs. This was a choice to have people or animals in these positions. And then she has like, then she shows like how absurd all these like different paintings are. Um, different like poses people are in and that's like exactly it it's like that was a choice Um, well I think it's narrative tension because we'll see later in the episode um, and it's also our second takeaway is they're showing many different faces of like Kim and I think maybe that's a maybe that's something they're trying to do with Courtney too it's Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna show her being like lazy and aristocratic but then also like sage and family oriented right like maybe kind of like courtney is comfortable with her position she's so comfortable that she's chilling at her home doing her glam and has her lifestyle set up in a way that works for her and then kim has to come to her in her home to kind of because yes they do go on to soften kim through the episode okay so so courtney's like in there kim comes to her and they get into it and the the fight what they're processing it gets existential it gets deep and it cuts to both of their cores in a way that it's bringing the audience closer and closer like within them i think yes no and that's been the theme of this whole plot line and this whole season and this entire era of the hulu kardashians I think they know they have to go there, but like that's this fight. I mean, like everything is said incredibly clearly and it's actually technically a very functional and healthy fight. There's lots of like, I feel statements going on. It's very like couples dialogue, which is like a therapeutic term. If you've ever been to couples counseling, you'll hear that term. Like there's ways, there's frameworks to go about disagreements and conflict in these healthy ways for a pair, whether that's a romantic relationship or otherwise. And so like that made me feel like they've been to therapy. And at the same time, even though it was technically a healthy fight or argument, and they like made sure to contrast that with like, they, they referenced the, the like physical fight they had in Chloe's house. They referenced that like a number of times, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like, there was like a deep sense of emptiness to it too. If we were going to engage with this content the way I think we're meant to, which by the way, this conflict is intriguing people. It is kind of working on people. There are a lot. There's been journalists. There's been commenters. There's been people just like friends that are like, what do you think of the fight? Is it real? Mm. That's the prevailing question. Is it real? And a lot Mm. of people feel that it is. I was in a conversation with someone who was, uh, Basically, I was being interviewed by someone who 
the questions were always driving to like, I'm presuming this is real. What do you think of Mm. this is real? What's the psychology of it? And Mm. my answer is, I, I talked about this with Lee and we kind of like came to this together, like professional wrestling. Everyone wants to know if it's real. We kind of know it's staged. There's costumes and stories and, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they're professional stunt people and that contact is real and the risk of injury is real, you know? Right. And so I agree if we were to engage with this fight, if we were to engage with this fight, the way that we're meant to, the way that it's kind of like written and edited by the Kardashians, I had the strong feeling actually that Kim, for how angry she is, she's been saying mean shit. She's been cold and kind of harsh. I had the feeling that she actually wants it to be okay with Courtney. She just wants Courtney mm. that they can be sisters again. Mm. I have the strong sense that Courtney is deeply saddened by this all, but she's actually over it. That's the feeling I have. And and no, I I mean I definitely like as sissies. Like I related to both of them in different ways. And like, I, we have had fights like this, like not just like that look like that, but in, in theme are like this. And so it's like, we, I, it's, I think it must be real, but it is obviously such a choice to have it. So for at the forefront of this season, And I think it's because they know that they have engaged the world in almost every conceivable way. And now they, the only thing left and the thing they know they have to do is like engage people psychologically and emotionally and like get them even deeper. Totally. It's what they have now and it is what's happening. And I don't know what element of that is being like what percentage of it is performance or exaggeration for the sake of the show. But it did. I mean, there's things about it that felt real. And I agree as sisters, it's like it was it's sad to watch sisters fight. And from the outside, if we were evaluating this now, just like as like, I don't know, referees at a professional wrestling match, like they're both right and they're both wrong in a way. The fact mm-hmm. that, that is who Kim is. She's driving towards something. She might not know why, but it's kind of her prerogative to drive and drive within the context of the family. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about the social impact right now of that, mm-hmm. what she's representing um, in terms of capitalist Pac-Man when I say that. I'm talking about acceptance of like different family members' drives in their lives. You know? Right. And then Courtney. Right. Yeah, like she's, I get why you'd feel like attached to the aesthetic if by your theory, Marie, which I am in for now, I, I, I believe it, they don't even know where their selfhood starts and the enterprises end. Right. So when, if they're working with that psychologically, it is an overstep to like go to the archives that were dressing your wedding. It's kind of like, all right, so it's content then just like go at it. And given that it's restrained and like you said, psychologically oriented and, and like somewhat evolved, but I think that we're watching a scar form on the family and maybe it's been there for longer than maybe audiences realize because they're also good at the, like the same function of Chris Jenner is healthy and good. The cat scan said, so you know what I mean? The same mm-hmm. like, that then they do operate on. It's so postmodern it is like so they literally they must know that term because like they must understand that like in the show terms of it all at least keeping up with the kardashian is like the moderners period and now 
the Hulu streamer is like fully postmodern, fragmentary, self-referential. Self-referential, exactly. So it's like, it's just the definition of it. No, that's why like commenters, young commenters are often like, don't give them any more ideas. And it's like, dude, they are five steps ahead of me every time. They know what they're doing, you know? They they just know that psychology is the final frontier. Well, because to your point, okay, if psychology is the final frontier, it also is, that's, that frontier is an amplification of what the show has always been, I think, of sisters processing, rich people processing, and inner worlds being the actions that, the action that moves the story forward, which- kind of speaks to the idea of reality TV as a feminized medium compared to sports as like an active masculine medium. And, mm-hmm. and and like with KDK, we were having a conversation once about those two genres being at odds. And I felt the need to share some research I came across while doing book stuff, which is that in 2015, Kim Kardashian was like the most searched Google term or something, but she was tied with a sports star, Lionel Messi or the soccer guy, Lionel, whatever, Messi, Messi or whatever. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was like, oh, damn, like even then the genres were at odds. Final thing I want to say about this conversation, as they were going back and forth and kind of like processing, well, first I called you, but then this meeting happened with Dolce & Gabbana. And then I told you like, this is the new plan for Skims. And then we went to the archives, but those were your archives. And then we decided this and that the granular steps that they were kind of like shoring up to, to decide who was right and who was wrong. Mm -hmm. Give us more insight into how these collaborations are made and Mm -hmm. contracted than we've ever gotten. And the Balenciaga collab was still a thing of mystique. It's still completely opaque. When did it start? What was, you know, who signed what? Who's paying who? Like, where, how does Kanye fit in? Like, mm. no one knows. They they acted like we had insight into, like, how Balenciaga happened and how it, like, made sense for Kim's brand in, I think, season one of this show. But this time, we, we got the details on, like, the conversations that made this what it is. But they still can't admit that Courtney's wedding was sponsored. I know! <laughs> it's like... Come on. But like, um, but that's where, that's where for them, it's just like the enterprise and the emotions are all mixed up now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like, I think that kind of like mixing, so you don't know what's left and what's right, what's up and what's down is like the name of their game. They, that's their reality now. And so they kind of want to make it our reality. Mm-hmm. Totally. I yeah. thought it was interesting that like, it just, yeah, it just brought us so much more inside both of them in ways that, like, feel, like, like, Courtney names it, like, it's all about accomplishments for you. And that is what the audience ex- perceives and experiences. Like, oh, Kim's doing SNL. Like, we, we the checkpoints are for all of us. And yeah. the other side of it that everyone's watching her do it for right. all of us. And that we can all agree there's almost like a mutual contract in perception of these are accomplishments. Oh, Yes. Yes. I was thinking about that too while we were watching. It's like, oh, they're naming it perfectly what we've been watching Kim do all along. Um, And now they're defining it. And now we're like grappling with it. Yes. And even Courtney, basically Courtney's side of the fight, what it is inherently is like a deconstruction of what is an accomplishment. Yes. Yes. Because she was like, and this brings us back to why we 
titled this section is money the motivator because there's this like distinct section in their fight where Kim's like well it's not all about the money for me and Courtney's like well no but it is financial it's like about the accomplishments and like the thresholds and passing these thresholds and it's it's not about getting three million more dollars. Yes, that's true. But it's about expanding empire. Yes. Yeah, no, literally. And like, this is not the first time it's come up with the Dolce & Gabbana fight that money, like Kendall is like, oh, does she just really want the paycheck? Or, Or somehow there was something about money in that conversation. And all along for me, at this point with where they're at, I'm that I'm past the the suspicion that it's about money. I'm like mm-hmm. it's about ego or something greater for Kim because they're rich enough. And then it begs the question: Can you ever be rich enough? Is that really like how people really out here feel? You know, mm-hmm. money is even on the table as like a factor that they are still debating. It's like very fascinating to watch from the outside. Well, it's a it's a much easier, more tactile thing to talk about than power Mm. this is really all about power that's what the billionaire conversation is about it's about like like these frontiers being crossed by singular people because capitalism has enabled like exploration to be privatized very well said throw back to the submersible am i right Oh my God, I'm triggered. <laughs> I kept seeing like submarine, like, like I saw like a, like a, I was at a dispensary the other day and on the way out, I saw like one of those, like, I think it's, I don't know. Is it like air in there? I don't know. It just like was like a tank that looked like a submarine. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> well, even Chris saying something about like when she was going into her CAT scan, like I don't get claustrophobic. I was like, huh then maybe you would have been able to handle the submersible as a billionaire. I don't know if Chris is a billionaire. Listen, all I'm going to say is that if Chris was the CEO of Ocean Gate, I think it would have panned out a lot differently. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. Okay. So we watched the fight. Honestly. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As a sister, <laughs> I could like relate to it, but I didn't actually, it didn't scratch the itch. It was a very unsatisfying conversation and it kind of cemented both of them in kind of their perspectives and they kind of, it almost was like agree to disagree mm-hmm. and I love you. And so it's like now we're left contemplating Kim's capitalist Pac-Man ways and then we assume Courtney goes off and does her thing and makes out with Travis and da da da. So then the rest of the episode really gets into showing different sides of Kim. I th- and we think me and my sister over here think it's to like soften her image since so much uh, focus has been on her kind of like ruthlessness. So our second takeaway we've entitled. So who is Kim? Lots of emphasis on the is this episode. Mm -hmm. Very existential. Uh, I'm picturing like the writer's room and I'm guessing that they evaluated it. A lot of space has been given to Courtney's perspective. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's been crying. She's saying some pretty intense things about Kim. It's a risk to share those things with the judgmental public. But Mm -hmm. it's real enough. It's a worthy risk. You know, it's going to give them the raw stuff they want then they have to do something to kind of pull it back. So um, Kim shows Chloe her new Malibu house. And there's a lot about, wow, Kim worked really hard to get this because she wants to share it with her family. Very masculine, actually. Yes. Very large. Sure. Wants to share the fruits of the labor of after dominating her empire. This is all about family again. Well, wait, she literally says that. she There's this like point blank. She like, it's a confession to the camera. And she's like, people think we have all this stuff and do all these things and that we think it's just normal. And she's like, to us, it's, it's, it's not normal. We know it's not normal. And I just like, this is, was a big step for me. And I was crying on the beach and it was just amazing to see the fruits of my labor, like, you know, come to fruition, whatever, lots of fruit. <laughs> um, but, very feminine fertility. Yes. But right. So it's like, wow, that, that, and it's interesting too, because it's like, that Malibu house could have totally been more of like a setting once it was more renovated or maybe the renovation itself was like going to be a story, but like we go in there as soon as it's purchased, you know? No, for sure. They needed it. I think for all of this. And even though I just made a joke that like the use of terms like fruit of my labor is very fertile and feminine. I just, I really am viewing Kim. The girl bossing is like turning her into like a very like patriarchal figure. For sure. Doing it. So actually to that point, she also, separate from the Malibu house, lots of houses in general. Her first meeting after a scene where she's crying to Chloe about the Kanye stuff. Um, Okay, so Kim is having a tough episode because then there's a scene where she sees that Kanye is being anti-Semitic in the news and she's in this position to have to damage control it and she's crying to Chloe about this. And she's, there's a lot of emphasis in her tears on He's changed. I didn't know him this way. It's Mm. really a way to kind of establish, like, I wasn't complicit. 
it, right. that's what she's crying about. Like that was the old, like I miss the way he used to be. Who is he now? Because a lot of discourse around the Kardashians in relation to some of this stuff from Kanye, there's some people that fall in the group of like, no, a woman can't be held responsible for what the man in her life does. But then there's mm-hmm. also a faction of people that are like, oh, she surely knew. And so who is she if she stood by him knowing these ideologies that he was mm-hmm. subscribing to? So mm-hmm. basically damage control in the tears, damage control in the conversation. Um, she talks about feeling like he lost his deals because she tweeted in support of Jewish people, which was a bizarre logic, um, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I mean, that just shows that I think that's just like her knowing she has power and she doesn't actually like know nor do we like what direction it's gonna take yeah at a certain point it's like she has power period so who knows what anything she adds to the conversation will do totally i just feel like that whole scene was kind of constructed to just acknowledge the kanye thing and then be able to move on from it but do you think i mean the thing whenever there's real ass tears though i'm kind of like all right maybe it was a scheduled call or talk but like can she fake tears like that I don't put anything past them in this way. Like, yeah, Oh, really? No. I, I mean, listen, I don't want to be so sad because sometimes like the, like everything is staged all the time does lack nuance. I don't want to like push that too. Right. But like, I, yeah, I mean, think about it. They are, they are technologically reproducing their faces and like updating their faces in these, in all these crazy ways. Like, it's not like they don't have access to, um, prosthetics we saw that in two seasons ago like who says that right they have access to whatever you need to do to cry on camera you know and they are doing what they need to do for the sake of narrative to maintain double through wow characters. i like didn't read that scene the same way you did it might have been um, here's the thing it really might have been but i just always reserve the possibility for sure and at a certain point it's like their own narratives are being pushed on them so much that like at that you couldn't not start believing your own narratives. Cause that's also like a very comfortable way to live. Yeah, that's where psychology, yeah. psychology is inherently narrative. And there's the whole point of psychology is actually to help people reconstruct healthier narratives to then kind of package it and be able to move on and feel empowered Mm -hmm. from the narrative you decided on. Um, so, So I don't know the content of the crying just, was so perfectly damage control that I right. like to, to be focusing so much on, I didn't know who he was then. I don't know. Right. So she moves on from the crying to Chloe about Kanye to a meeting with Axel Vandervoot or something. Mm-hmm. He really is a mutual friend of both Kim and Kanye. Um, Kanye, there was an early, I forgot what year it was, but the, the famous quote from Kanye that Kim Kardashian is Marie Antoinette of Kanye comparing her um, was in an interview with Axel van der Voot for, I think the Hollywood reporter. So, mm. and it goes way back. Um, and so she's working, there's probably a power move. I'm sure Kanye saw that she's, you know, including Axel on the show and probably felt away because I'm sure that he knew Axel first. Uh, right. And Axel is talking about how she needs like the wood owned by like a famous samurai or something in the house that he's, he's designing for her. Basically, the samurai motif comes in, and this is thing of like Kim needs to be strong, so she needs to connect to the samurai energy using this wood, and it's back to like the Kardashians and their fetishism of artifacts, which they also like share with Kanye. And again, Kim being 
a superhero or these mm. different, this is just like a multicultural motif of power and strength and something like kind of culturally evocative, like a samurai, right. you know, like a warrior. Yes. No. To- do you think like, do you think Axel's just down to like be part of that? I think the people in their sphere absolutely are because that's actually an interesting thing that Kanye has done. He did bring the greatest names in various genres and industries and mediums together, like as a medium in himself. Like he was a curator. He was kind of a cultural curator in conversation, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think that the people in these spheres who are maybe the best in the game in like the architecture world, well, now people that like care about pop culture or music know about this random architect, Axel Van random to me as like a fucking right formerly midwestern girl living in new york like just trying to like soak in culture but like like he kanye's made himself a vehicle for like learning about this stuff and kim has Mm -hmm. become that as well and the show is a way to do it and i'm sure all these different disparate people appreciate it you know for sure yeah totally does that make sense yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. Like you explained it so well that I have like no f- further questions. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, it's insane that we talk about Kanye West in the past tense. Yeah. That's just crazy. So basically the consequent scenes after the the Courtney Kim, they finally talk scene is just like damage control Kim establishing her as a warrior and a great mom and someone who does all of this in the service of her family. Cause they're kind of like, okay, okay. We made a lot of room for Kim critiques, but like, let's not forget. She's still a main character. Right. Totally. You know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like comparing Kim to like every motif and like making her a concept again. Like, yeah, we brought her back down to earth. Courtney had some very real shit to say, tough shit to hear we'll put the bandaid on and like get back to regular programming. Right. Exactly. Wow. So that brings us to our third takeaway, our third and final takeaway, which is called Chris kookiness. Will you, do you care to elaborate? (laughs) Okay. So Courtney's job is to throw Chris's birthday party. Chloe makes some joke about like, oh, you're throwing the party when you have issues with our mom. And she's like, I don't hate my mother. That's what interests me about this final birthday party scene. Which, by the way, we're saying the Chris party. Yeah, we're speaking We're talking the Chris party, Chris's birthday, where they all dress up as Chris's, which someone on TikTok, I'm going to get canceled for forgetting her name because I forget people's names on TikTok. That actually happened to me. Someone got really mad because I was listing some accounts and I forgot someone's name and I named them by their concept instead but someone else this girl who does pop culture like someone commented basically that this that a a user predicted that they would have a birthday party where everyone dressed up as different Chris's so Mm. that tells me that they want us to know that they listen to TikTok or it's a weird coincidence it could be it's very Kardashian to do a theme like this but TikTok little moment well also though like for me, like, total Mandela effect with the Chris party. Like, I could have sworn I saw pictures of this so long ago. And I know these seasons are quick turnarounds. So, like, if I'm seeing this in June or July, 
in season three, it's like, it didn't actually happen that long ago. And I'm like, wait, I could have sworn this was like a, a whole moment. Like, three years ago well our concept of space and time has been totally fucked with because if chris is a scorpio then it was sometime in the fall so that was a while ago but also there are past episodes early early keeping up with the kardashians courtney and scott dressed up as uh chris and caitlin and mimicked their Mm. sex tape which i have not actually seen that episode i have to go back and watch it yeah so chris so chris and kate wait chris and caitlin have a sex tape are they like maybe like the idea was like what if they had a sex tape uh and then uh, which is like insane like i there's a lot to break down about that whole that whole uh gimmick and then there's also the episode where they all dress up as one another and so oh oh you know what i bet i'm thinking of that right but so it's a very oh i'm thinking of that yes recycled narratives yet again yep exactly and very postmodern narratives yet again very postmodern because the function of this party obviously is to remind us let us know visually assert to us that like chris is indeed iconic we know all of these looks they're archetypal chris looks for different versions of chris i think chloe even called it right which is like they employ that all the time with kim and creating her as like a marilyn madonna iconic woman type person what happened that's been the case with every single iconic woman in history basically is like they have different eras different looks different um iconic moments and so that's something they employ every day with kim especially and they have stock in doing it with chris too yeah because they're really going hard with chris's legacy in these last few seasons exactly they're kind of like oh this is these are costume options for you to dress up as chris one day if you want to to yes to the woman that made this all happen it's iconizing chris and it's in service of her legacy and it's actually an archive of chris looks so back to this whole conversation about archives that have been sustaining the season about dolce and gabbana archives it's also a peek into the chris archives that you know, yes. these are the ways you can. They love to archive. They are. They're 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 archivists big time. So, Courtney threw the party, and I found it very interesting that they, like you said, that they had her do it because there's a subtext in all this of like a competition for what? What's the what's the what's the real drive here, right? And like, I don't. There, there's emphasis put on Courtney's mother trauma in this season. Or not, not, not emphasis. I'll say little, little, little indicators and little mentions made. And, and there was a moment when Courtney, they have Courtney kind of bragging, like, I look the most like my mom with my short haircut, but Mm -hmm. then later include Chris saying, I think Kim did it best. And so it kind of, I mean, it's this idea of like, Chris is this patriarch Mm-hmm. typically in patriarchies of competing for the patriarch's approval for then the chance to be the heir and succession anybody right. Logan Roy right yet again so I just thought I mean who knows again like if Courtney really cares for Chris's approval and if she ever really wanted to be situated as the leader of the family but the Chris party almost felt like that and then there was kind of a loneliness to the party even though it was like cute to see all these chris's bopping around kim and kylie left early and then courtney's comment is like courtney's comment is like but chloe stayed she's the best like we're ride or die but it kind of feels like one of those things too like when like a group falls apart and like 
one member of the group mm. who kind of like wonders if they're the cause of it or like didn't mean to be but is clings to the person that is solid mm. you know and so it kind of felt like that but the point is there's little little things they included about chris approval courtney did it courtney's the favorite tonight like oh but kim did the the costume best and and north was there and she did a funny costume i don't know it, it just it felt very fable like it felt very like ancient um another ancient myth about wanting daddy to approve well and it also like for the viewer serves a purpose of like who then really won this whole saga uh it's continuing like the tension between them so it's like that's all editing at the end of the day so it's like Chris could have said amazing things about all of her children in the confessionals, but it's like they intentionally put in Kim looks best, but you know, Courtney through the party, like we're, we're it's Chris is also just a stand in for like Courtney and Kim's fates <laughs> basically in this fight. Right. And I will say it's a, like having Courtney be like the face of the party. It just gives her material on her side of the fight as far as how she's being characterized. Like she wants to be in the family. She wants to be involved. Yes. yes. Like she wants it all to work. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, like Chris's, Chris's party was like a very subtle proxy ground mm -hmm. for all of those questions and i think it's also like what baudrillard or not baudrillard who's um ways of seeing guy burger but actually berger but like i've been calling him burger for so long i'm kind of like you know what i'm gonna double down yeah whatever sure but um <laughs> but he says like uh that like glamour is it glamour or just imagery or whatever are uh it's like half truths never learned or something mm -hmm. yes yes indeed it's it but his point with that is that you just need like a vague concept of history to then see the iconic imagery and feel it's the heaviness and weight of its importance in advertising imagery so like kim kardashian selling perfume that looks like an ancient greek statue sure but in, but I'm saying just, like, it's a version of that. Like, they're just throwing kind of little elements mm -hmm. that could be woven into the conflict and into people's, like, yes. understanding of the conflict. Just they're sprinkling it. It doesn't actually have to mean much. It's just like, ooh, now there's more Kim V. Courtney stuff to, like, munch on while we, like, process this ongoing conflict. No, you're right. And to the point of like how ancient it feels to see conflicts of this kind, to see generational anxieties about, oh, the head of the family may or may not think I did a, well, did a good job. That is why in succession, we were like, oh, what does Roman's name mean? Is that an indicator? What ancient Greek shit or uh, mm -hmm. Roman shit happened in that fable and that myth to then maybe give us some like idea or context of what's happening now. So yes, true. Like that, that this stuff's embedded in us, these narratives. For sure. And I mean, it just shows like how the Kardashians have always been like modern mythology. Mm -hmm. And they know it. They know it. Don't. And they really reflect it back. It's like, succession ass themes all 
up in these last few seasons, especially this last season. And like, that's what we're talking about these days is class capitalism, like the pursuit of power, the limit of power. No, for sure. I really appreciated it when you said like, it's easier to talk about money than power because it's some of like the craziest, trippiest spirals I've had is really unpacking like what does power mean and why do humans chase it? It's like really, if you really question it, yes. Like that's been the fundamental question of everything. And like, it's weird because it's like, I can't relate to it personally. So it really, really like is hard for me to understand. The chase. The chase. And I think like as a society, we're also like, what right now about power? Yeah. But it is like, damn, this is the theme throughout history is power. It's driven like human history and like our propagation and our iterations. It's deep shart. Yeah, it is. Okay, so NPC. Oh my God. Yes, we must throne the NPC of the episode. We are throning the NPC of this episode to be Paxi. The sound person who applauded Kim and Courtney after their conversation to say, I'm really proud of you guys. You've come a long way since like the fight with the makeup on the wall. I don't know if she if she said that much. <laughs> But basically that. And these people are like acting as their sub as their like consciousness at a certain point. And like Yes. The crew, the cameras are a consciousness. They are the the enveloping boundary of the fit between the family and the rest of the world. Like they are they are the like facilitators of the mediation. Oh, their NDAs are probably so tight. They know all but the that was what they have so many secrets and i would love to watch a documentary of about their lives that's the kardashian content we all like kardashian colloquium like like strains to the to the like truth but they yeah have it. they they are the carriers of the truth no they literally know it all no paxi clearly like means a lot to them because like kim In the episode where the Dolce & Gabbana show is finally happening, she's like, oh my God, Paxi, or like our sound person started crying. And I was like, oh my God, don't, you're going to make me cry or something. It's like, they experience it along with the Kardashians. And um, they're like the unsung heroes. They're like the Sherpas (laughs) on, on the way to the Everest. Yeah, no, they, Paxi's feedback actually like held weight. It mattered. Paxi knew she could say something. They included Paxi saying something because it would break the fourth wall and fuck with all of us. Remind us that we're watching a reality show, but that it's Paxi giving them feedback broke the fourth wall to then confirm to the viewer that that conversation was real. Right. Right. Boom. We needed Paxi in that moment. Yep. All right. And they knew it. Okay. We got to go. Um, Great talking to you, and we will see you next week, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.